PristineAuction.com is the most trusted memorabilia auction site with an A-plus BBB rating. Auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed, authentic signatures at affordable prices. There's comic books, trading cards, action figures, great items to add to your collections. Before the show, I was looking at some of the items that are available, including a signed poster by Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, David Prowse, and Peter Mayhew from the Star Wars trilogy. That's incredible. Uh, Rocky's boxing shorts from Rocky IV. There's a lot of comic book art, too. Todd McFarlane signed guitar. Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner signed a Star Trek issue. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item when you use the code JUSTICE. Again, that's pristineauction.com. Use code JUSTICE and get $10 off your first item one. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. Uh, my name is Seth Everett. Thank you for the support of the show. I promised you a fun summer. The summer has arrived, unless you're in Australia, and then it's really cold, and I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we have been talking a lot about Peacemaker. As a matter of fact, if you go back to episode 273, uh, we did an episode where we reviewed Peacemaker. And here's what we did. If you didn't listen to that, and you don't want to pause the show and go back and listen to that one. All you can hear, trust is that we gushed over the show. The show is stinking hilarious. And what I had said to some mutual friends at Warner Brothers, I said, is there anybody on Peacemaker? Like, I'll talk to the bugs. I don't care. I just wanted to talk to somebody from this hysterical show. And they said, have you ever met Steve Agee? I said, no, I never have. They said, oh, my God, you guys are going to hit it off so well. So <laughs> without further ado, we welcome Steve Agee to the podcast. They say that we'd be good friends. I don't know if that's true. I hope at the end that it will be. But this has, you know, I, I, I make no predictions. It stranger, can go either way. Stranger things have happened. That's right. Welcome, man. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Um, you know, I, we, we're not going to do a roast. We're not going to do a this is your life. Um, <laughs> okay. We don't have to start at the beginning. 
uh, you're a comic. I've seen your, your, mm-hmm. your act. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're a comic and you got into acting. There's always a unique story to that of yeah. the decision that you would make to, you know, you're funny, you know, you have ability, but how can I translate that into acting? Yeah, I, I mean, not the I, Ray Romano, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> no, I, I was torn. I wanted to be an actor and a comedian pretty equally when I was mm. by the time I was like 11 years old, you know, George Carlin and John Ritter were my two heroes growing up. But I, I, you know, grew up, my, my dad was a doctor and nobody in our family was in the arts at all. So I, I honestly never thought it was actually an option until I got to college and then actually found an open mic and did some stand up and then actually was playing in a band in college. And that's what got me to LA. And then the band broke up and I was still doing stand up. And I, I met a girl who was taking classes at the Groundlings Comedy Theater, which is mm. sketch comedy. It's kind of like yep. Second City. Sure. And that's where I kind of dove headfirst into sketch comedy and writing and then, then acting. The idea, you know, when when you get into something like that, Uh, People decide how many how many classes you should take or how much experience should should you get. But isn't it really just opportunities like it's the right people who give you the roles that allow you to be creative like that? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I didn't make it at the ground. I, I did four levels of classes, got voted out and in a fit of depression kind of uh, was just wondering what I was going to do next. And um, a buddy of mine was like, Hey, I'm doing a play that a friend wrote and uh, they need someone who can play guitar, but who's also funny. And so I just, cause somebody dropped out of that play and I had like three days to learn the music and all the lines and I did it. And then um, Sarah Silverman was at the opening of the play and I met her and Immediately, we became fast friends. Afterwards, she came up to me and we smoked a joint outside outside of nice. the theater. And, you know, the rest is history. You know, Sarah and I were, you know, super tight friends. And uh, that eventually went on to the Sarah Silverman show, which uh, she cast me in. She is uh, positively brilliant. She's, I, mean, uh, I owe her more than I could ever repay her. that's uh, well and and she was a a big fan she is a big fan of yours i mean if you guys had a falling out i didn't see that no 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 no, never (laughs) never not that Uh, i know of but i also didn't look so (laughs) we're good Um, how did you get to know james gunn let's transition that way i got to know james gunn through actually through shawnee smith who people would know from the Saw movies or uh, even earlier into the 80s, she was in some of those movies like Summer School and she was in The Blob, the 80s version. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I met her through a mutual friend and one night she called me up and she's like, she was at the time she was, um, she was doing, I think it was VH1, a, a VH1 reality show with James Gunn called i think scream queens where they were looking Uh for the next like jamie lee curtis or shawnee smith and (laughs) so that's how she knew james and she said i'm going to this like wine and cheese party it was a sunday night at um 
James's brother Sean's house. Uh-huh. And she said, I'm not going to know anyone besides James. So do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. I, I, I love James Gunn. I think he's great. And uh, I went and James and I immediately hit it off. And um, at the end of the night, he was like, we do this every Sunday, man. Feel free to come back anytime. Shawnee Stop. never went back once. And I went back every week thereafter. <laughs> That's how James and I became from. That was around 2009, I would say, 2008 or 2009. So you were not involved in the first Guardians, but you were involved in the second. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you saw the first Guardians. Yeah. Like as someone who didn't know James Gunn's work in mm-hmm. detail beforehand, you mm-hmm. just see Guardians, how they took. I mean, their D level is not even a proper level for who the guardians of the galaxy are. Yeah. And they yeah, made yeah. them so likable and so fun and somebody you really rooted for. Yeah. I had no idea when he told me he had just been hired to um, do guardians of the galaxy. I was, I was like, what, what, <laughs> what is that? He's like, it's a, comic book guardians of the galaxy and i was like i've never heard of this i what is is it like a like a main he's like no it's kind of like you know it's a tree and a raccoon and i was like oh my god dude okay i i i'm sure it'll, the story will be, like he's james is such a great writer i was like yeah I, i'm sure the story will be great let's let's see how this turns out and are you uh, like rolling your eyes behind his back like <laughs> not really I, I mean but holy shit man when it came out it was so different than other comic book movies in just the humor and then also just in the scope of colors and like it was bright it wasn't you know like dark and and broody you know like a you know batman or something yeah, and then you know those characters do get dark later on, and oh my god, yeah, absolutely. But that's the cool thing about to me what a comedy can do because it endears you to the characters, so that when they go, and this can relate to Peacemaker, which we'll get yeah. to, yeah. just the idea that you know, you're rooting for these guys because you like them and you know them, or at least you feel like you know them. Yeah, hundred percent. It was, I, I mean, from the second I started watching that movie, I was invested in those weird characters. So does he come to you or do you go to him? Like, again, you don't have to tell the super personal stories, but mm-hmm. how does Guardians 2 come out? Because I would imagine Suicide Squad or the, let me, let me rephrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Suicide the Squad, Suicide Squad uh, yeah. happens as a result of him seeing what you did in Guardians 2, correct? Is that a yeah. natural? James likes, likes to work with people that he knows, especially in smaller roles. Like, you'll always see Nathan Fillion in a small part and, you know, other outside of Slither, which he had a a big part in, but like other movies, like Nathan's always making appearances in, uh, Sean is making appearances, Michael Rooker. Um, he loves Rooker has been on this podcast. Yeah. He loves to work with his friends and I don't blame him. I mean, a lot of people in position to hire their friends do like Adam Sandler and, you know, it, it just happens. And, the there was a b story in that movie that was like all about the ravagers and he was like why wouldn't i just load up the ravagers with some of my friends and so that's how it that's how that happened i mean it was pretty much you know 
it's not like you leading man stuff. He's like, but you know, we'll put some weird goggles on you and a scar on your face and hang out with us for a few weeks. And I mean, it's weird the way things happen and you know, we're, we're being straight with each other. I mean, mm -hmm. James had something in his social media, like a joke that went bad. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we can talk about social media all you want. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing about what, what these tweets are and, 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 and what that happened, I just, the punishment didn't fit the crime, but no. when that happens, that's how the suicide squad comes about. I don't even know that DC wanted to make another suicide squad to be perfectly honest with you. No, I'm sure DC, it was not on their list at all. I don't think DC knows what they're doing next year, you know, no, at this point no. with, with everything that's going on and I'm not bashing them. They're, yeah, that's yeah. reality. Yeah. You know, so the thought to, to say that he didn't conceptualize peacemaker is, uh, you know, an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an uncovered tweet that leads to this great opportunity for you in indirectly. Yeah. He, I mean, he, you know, it's, it's that thing of one door closes, another one opens. And I think DC was really smart to say, look, man, we know that any, you know, blue tweets that you did were just that, you know, just a bad, you know, bad jokes. And, um, you know, we know that's in your past and we'd love to work with you and we'll let you choose whatever, you know, franchise you want or not even a franchise, whatever you want to do. And he's like, I really want to do the suicide squad. And um, they're like, okay. And they let him run crazy with it. Yeah. And, and, and that he did. Um, yeah. There's, there's no secret about that. And he tells the story about how it was over COVID that he was stuck in his house. Yeah. And he wrote Peacemaker. Eight um, weeks, eight episodes in eight weeks. Yeah. What is that phone call like? Like, what? What's that phone when they say you did something? You you did it. It, it happened. It was it was uh, received. Like I said, DC is all over the place these days. I know. I, mean, I know. I I'm afraid to do a podcast about the Flash. The um. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, a lot lots happened with that lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really funny. It was really funny. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mark Guggenheim on. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark is like the architect of that uh, crisis on infinite earth, the, on the CW. Yeah. And it's brilliant. That, that, that thing is brilliant. And he went to all the different worlds and all the DC's basic history, both yeah. on television and movies is incorporated into this thing. And he tells this amazing story about how DC approached him about having Grant Gustin meet Ezra Miller. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. So I made that like a, a promo video mm -hmm. <laughs> to promote the podcast and all this yeah. stuff. It was on TikTok. And I'm like, and people were commenting like, wow, finally, a good story about Ezra Miller. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I, get so bummed when, I get so bummed when I get so bummed whenever I open Twitter and you look over to the the sidebar that says, you know, what's trending and you see Ezra Miller, you're, it's never fucking good, man. No. <laughs> it's like, at least over the past year, it has not been good. No, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I literally don't know what they're going to do. It's um, a shame too, because I, I love his, I loved his character in justice league. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, he really is like solid. I really liked him, man. And um, <laughs> it, it bums me out. And, you know, whatever's going on, 
in their head. I hope they get it, you know, straightened out. And well, I hope that movie I mean, comes out. I, you know, yeah. I, I just I literally, you know, I'm not a gossiper. You know what I mean? I don't care yeah, about yeah. celebrity gossip and stuff. I'm not condoning what what has been reported. And, and sure. you know, we, we, we take that seriously. But to yeah. be perfectly honest with you, if you if you ask me, do I want to see the movie or not? I, I want to see the movie. Of course, like, I want to I want to see how that all plays out. I'm, yeah. That universe uh, fascinates me because there have been some brilliant me, movies. Me too. And then some movies that are kind of like made you shrug your shoulders. And yeah. you know, the existence of this podcast, I'll probably take this out, but the existence of this podcast <laughs> probably exists because Zack Snyder came on. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Zack Snyder came on in the beginning. And it. I'm, and, and, I'm a big Zack Snyder fan, man. Well, it was funny because I want, you know, when when the thing went viral, I was like, I got to get him on again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then the tragedy happened with his family. And I just once once that happened, I said, I'm not talking about your dumb movies, you know, like, it yeah, just didn't seem it seemed right. But now every time we review one of the, his movies, we always say thanks again for the podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about his new project. My my friend Sophia is the. Uh... The lead in his new project and uh, I, I think she's going to be great i can't wait to see it so 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 dc happens so you you've said goodbye to that character you did the suicide squad it comes out you know it, it is and mm-hmm. then he says you want to revisit peacemaker you want to revisit uh your character john in peacemaker. Yeah. right john and <clears throat> and as that happens like, like i said what is that phone call like and mentally had you put that all to bed Uh, kind of i i once we wrapped i was like man that was like a really fun five or six months you know getting to work with people who i really loved and um i didn't think we would see john economist again i if i would have had to put money on it i would have been like I feel like I'll probably do King Shark again. You know, I did the motion capture for King Shark and I was like, I'll probably do King Shark again before I would do Economist because that character, people really loved King Shark. And uh, yeah. I was like, he'll show up in another movie somewhere. It doesn't have to be a Suicide Squad movie. And then um, the the pandemic started and it was really brutal like i was not working i wasn't doing anything you know uh climbing uh, the walls like climbing the walls i was in a cabin in joshua tree because i hadn't found a place to live yet when i got back from shooting and oh my goodness uh my mom passed away and like a few few friends had passed away and it was really dark from covid (laughs) no cancer like i had a lot of people die over the last two years none of them from COVID. Um, But I was just kind of like in a bad place. And then it was like October of 2020. And I got a call from James saying, hey, we're going to do, he's like, hey, I wrote a spinoff for Peacemaker. I was like, you did? When? He's like, just, you know, over the past few months. And I was like, okay. And he's like, we're shooting it in January. This was October. I was like, are, are you fucking with me? I was like, what's happening? And he's like, no, I'm only telling you now because I didn't want to get your hopes up while I was doing it. And I was just, he just kind of wrote it. And I was like, well, this is fucking great. This is exactly what I need. And, you know, 
three months later, I was in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we were shooting this thing during a pandemic and it was crazy and it was really fun. And uh, I got the scripts and I was so excited to see that I get to kill a gorilla, spoilers, kill a gorilla with a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so not where I would have seen things going for John Economist. But you, you right, it goes dark. I mean, the whole thing, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you get his father arrested. You, you know, you change the thing. You're <laughs> yeah. like, the, you know, the architect behind the thing. And yeah, and yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes when he lists the people that you could have done it to. Yeah. Like the original script, Grande by the way. And <laughs> yeah, the original script was just two people. It was Ariana Grande and Drake. He's like, why not Ariana Grande or Drake? And James was like, keep going, give us a name. And then it became this whole viral thing. And it was, you know, it was what you saw in that viral clip was still only part of what we like. It went on forever. And it was not just Cena. It was John and James both, you know, James would say, say this, say this, say, give this name. And so they were both, you know, equally improvising there. And it was, it's <laughs> it was so, it's so funny. yeah, really funny. I mean, the cast, and I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't, and I also don't want to just, just like read off the cast, but yeah, yeah. so many brilliant people. I mean, yeah. it, it's just a, it's a, it's a true who's who. Um, yeah. and it, and it's not about the names. I mean, it, it's just so genius. Freddie Stroma, um, um, Jennifer yeah. Holland, yeah. uh, uh, Daniel Brooks. I, that, I, I so mean, good. don't, don't get insulted when they said, do you want to talk to anybody from P uh, Peacemaker? I, I immediately <laughs> went Daniel Brooks. Of course. I was like, oh my God, like that's, that's incredible. And he wrote this tie in to Amanda Waller again, think yeah. back to the, all the other DC movies and how she's connected to all of them. And I know it, it was brilliant. Oh, I, I never brilliant. saw that coming. Yeah. She, Danielle's an incredible. I, I first saw her in orange is the new black and I was like, Oh my she's God, a that's a great show. That's yeah. Great I was like, show. that's great casting, dude. It's, it's going to be she great for Danielle. In that too. Show. Yeah. In that yeah. She, yeah. she's in a great that. actor. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to shoot another season with her. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the elephant in the, in the room. You're doing this again. Yeah, he's writing it, I think, right now. And that, that's that's wild. And it, it, there's going to be an, <laughs> a two season Peacemaker run like that. You talk about D list. Like if 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 the Guardians are like you, what is yeah. Peacemaker? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was uh... I'm a I'm a comic book nerd and i, I can tell yeah i know i know and it was like and the only and, and one of the reasons he wrote this was i think he felt you know peacemaker in in the suicide squad was pretty much one note in that the movie starts and he's an asshole and right. the movie ends and he was an asshole and yep. his character had no arc at all and i think james really i think that kind of bothered james and he was like well he's like i would love to explore that and man it really paid off with you know robert patrick and yep. the whole backstory was like but incredible. i i just kind of thought it was it was you know dc is so protective of its brand that they yeah. could let him run wild with peacemaker and nothing is impacted like peacemaker could be at a flop and it doesn't impact whatever the plan dc had anyway yeah like oh, it's a, it's a safe like 
you want peacemaker take take peacemaker do whatever you want with him the fact that now peacemaker is this is this beloved show <laughs> well there there were moments when it, in certain scenes and certain episodes where james was running around on set i and I, you know i've known him for 12 plus years and he was just i've never seen him happier and he he would just be like laughing and saying oh my god i can't believe they're letting me shoot this i can't believe i'm i'm doing this and and they said yes i couldn't believe i was watching it i i was watching it and i'm like i said i didn't have any expectation i just wanted to see it and i'll 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 be totally naive here and Mm -hmm. and people make fun of me because of the things i don't watch yeah yeah. you know one of the things that i i profess is i'm an i'm a completist so like mm-hmm. if I start something, I have to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I haven't seen a James Bond movie. I, that, that, that you haven't seen any James Bond. I have not because if I oh, see one, amazing. I'm gonna have to see all of them, and that's an investment. Job like yeah, that's 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 a homework assignment. Like that's yeah, that's too much. I never saw Game of Thrones. Same reason. Like right. it, it's it's that that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so so like like. You know, Peacemaker to me, it's eight episodes. It's an easy investment. I don't have any expectations. There's nothing to do. And I'm hooked to the point of where, like, that's one of those shows. There's a couple of them right now. uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi fits. fits. Like, like you wake up in the morning and before you start anything, see that episode. And that's what Peacemaker became. And I'm not kissing your ass. Like, you're already here on the podcast. Like, (laughs) it was that good. And it wasn't like, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. I just wanted to see what was going to happen next. I was the same way. And he, James, usually with the actors in his projects, doesn't show you anything until it comes out. Um, So I didn't really... He doesn't call you into his trailer to see dailies or whatever. No, he showed me the opening dance number as they were cutting it, like during the season. And I was like, holy shit. I do have to ask that. I was like, this is nuts. (laughs) Totally paid off. And, um, but I didn't, as far as the episodes, I, I was pretty much watching them all, you know, as a regular audience member. I thought about what I wanted to ask about regarding that opening uh, number. Mm-hmm. And that is, did the people filming it, whether it was James or whomever, did they mm-hmm. just say have a very serious face <laughs> yes. at all times? Like, yeah, take this really seriously because you guys look like you are trying really hard. That was the only th- that was pretty much the only thing that would. Like, nobody s- cracks a smile. No. And it was the one thing that would stop a take while we were right. shooting he, he james would say cut danielle you got to stop smiling <laughs> he's like just you don't have to look mad he's like just don't smile just emotionless that was really the one note at that and know your dance moves that was bonkers <laughs> i know it was so insane i i remember getting i got most of the scripts all at the same time in like december and and you're still was, housebound like you were, you were. Yeah, I was still housebound. Oh, well, no, I, I think at that point I had done one or two episodes of uh, uh, Superstore. Um, oh, okay. But but I was um, I read the first episode and uh, you read the cold open and then it says, you know, opening dance number. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? And I texted him and I was like, so this uh, this opening dance, it's like 
the whole series every episode and he's like yeah he's like it's gonna be great trust me <laughs> it was pretty great <laughs> that's crazy even for those of us that can't dance and uh and, and just uh for the record um d bradley base uh d bradley baker uh voices uh eagly mm-hmm. um and d bradley baker is the clone in all the clone wars episodes and the um i didn't know uh, that the bad batch like he's all five of them he he was the oh. tamara morrison character yeah. and i i just think there should be an award for how many voices he did of the yeah. same guy like he, that's amazing he, i didn't realize yeah that. the clone d bradley and d bradley bradley baker's like one of my white whales like I have to talk to this guy because I can't yeah. imagine what that was like. And they was like, but he's eagerly. I was like, get out of town. Yeah. These voice actors, no, no limits. I am. I'm, I'm that away. was another one that I found out afterwards. I was like, wait, that's a person doing that. <laughs> I was like, I thought you'd just find stock audio of an eagle, you know, screeching. Like you would think, right? Yeah. You, you, you would totally think. Okay. Yeah. Last person I have to ask you about, because of I course my, my, my car, my podcast card away for me if I, if I didn't sure uh, anyone john ask cena. me about anyone sure john, john cena i again i don't know yeah. this guy i don't that's oh that's how the completest conversation started i right I, i'm not a wrestling person i don't know him mm-hmm. um yeah i know who he was but that right. was it this is probably the first time i'm really invested in him yeah and i'm blown away and now yeah. i i'm a full-fledged fan He's what did you know of- about him going in and were you as were you as taken aback by his performance as I was? Yes. What I knew about John going in obviously was the wrestling stuff, which I hadn't watched because, you know, my era of wrestling, which I had been into in like high school and college, was like the Hulk Hogan, you know, um, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Superfly Junkyard Dog, you know, <laughs> Macho Man. It was all those like huge characters. Um, I knew he was a very famous wrestler. I knew that. And I had seen him in train wreck and I thought he was pretty funny in, uh, blockers movie with, uh, LeBron James, right? Yeah. 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 And and then blockers, the, the cock blockers movie with Ike Barinholtz and Leslie, uh, man. And, and he did some weird thing with the lonely Island guys, something about tour de farce or so it was like a, a a spoof on the tour de france um and that's what was really all i knew and um when we started shooting uh the suicide squad um he was the one person that was a little bit quieter than everybody else i think because he's so i didn't realize how famous he was you know uh-huh. like uh-huh. when we shot the exterior stuff from like Jotunheim and like all the Cordo Maltese stuff down in Panama. Um, we shot all, we were only down there to shoot exteriors. So we were outdoors the whole time. And like, we would, you could be outside with like Idris or Margo and there'd be a bunch of people that'd be like, Hey, Idris, Hey, Margo. If you went outside with Cena, it was almost like a riot. It was, insane the amount of people that would crowd around him and he literally tried to you know 
if he could take photos or you know talk to every single one of them. like he's very he i think he realizes how fortunate he is um but he's he's pretty quiet i think he's got a little bit of a wall around him when you first meet him um but he was very kind and it but by the time we did peacemaker we were joking around a ton and he was just like the best man he he really and he's really interesting in that you know when we did suicide squad when we did uh peacemaker he does this thing where every time he starts a new project he has like a keyboard like you know a casio keyboard or something in his trailer and at the beginning of every project he picks a new song to learn and he's (laughs) taught himself how to play piano and not just like chopsticks but like you know the motley crew song in peacemaker that was his song that was for, that was really him though that was yeah, yeah and that was the song that he was learning for our project and we actually used it in the episode uh um it's, it's it, but he was also like the first day of the first day of shooting i walked into the trailer the makeup trailer and he was reading a book that was probably like three inches thick it was huge it was like a textbook and i was like what are you reading and He's like, I'm reading a book about investing. I was like, why? He's like, I don't know anything about how to invest or investments or investing. And he's like, I want to learn. He did just like the way he taught himself how to speak Mandarin or Chinese. He's, he's like always learning. He's pretty phenomenal. And he's always helping people out. He wouldn't, he would never say this, but he's, donated more to the Make-A-Wish Foundation than any other, probably than any bunch of celebrities combined, like well over 600. And he's really great, you know, to kids. That's, uh, it's it's incredible. And it's nice to know, it's easy to root for people who seem like the genuine article. Yeah, he's the real deal. You can, you can, you can feel it. And the chemistry that you guys had, but you had with everybody. I mean, and uh, I don't, just because I'm going to butcher his name, I don't want to say it incorrectly. Chuck Woody Awuji. Thank you. Uh, Chuck Woody. I Chuck. know the first name, Awuji. Yeah. Um, uh, just brilliant. I mean, we're talking about a brilliant group of human beings. And, and yeah. just coming from all these different backgrounds to come together. And yeah. he's the ringleader of this whole thing, but he doesn't steal it. You know what I mean? Like, he, it, it's truly an ensemble. It's such yeah. a unique show. Chuck was another great one that, you know, it's like, he's more of a theater actor. Like he's a legitimate actor and you can tell like he is solid. Like he's such a great actor that James, you know, hired him for guard. He's going to be in the next guardians, you know? Um, oh, wow. Like he, James immediately was like, this guy's incredible. Well, like, he loved he, every, when, they, when he's revealed, that's, that's the reveal moment. Like that's the, yeah, that was yeah. the first time you're like, what the, what? Yeah. Yeah. They, that was, that was another moment in the script that I was reading. I was like, holy shit, man, this is, that's crazy. This is going to be great. That's crazy. So, um, what does a, what was the experience like upon release? Like now, so now it's out, right? What, yeah. What is that like between the people that you knew beforehand, you know, the, the, the gushing, the social media, I, I, you can take this any way you want, but what was, how did your life get impacted upon release? You, you do you do a thing and you yeah. kind of take it in stride. You're a professional and you have a career, 
but this was different. This became a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I I noticed that while it was still airing and w- coming out weekly, a lot of uh, there was a lot of traffic on social media, a lot of follows, a lot of mentions. Um, that's where I noticed it the most. You know, you go out in public now. I'm I'm still wearing a mask when I go out, so it's like yeah. <laughs> no one's saying, "Hey, dye beard." Like, although I did go to a, a doc, I had a doctor's appointment. This was probably towards the end of uh, the season, and um, it was my first time like taking off my mask in public. And so I went in the examining room and I took off the mask, and it was a first time with a doctor too. I it was not a doctor that I knew. And she walked into the examining room and the first words out of her mouth were, oh, hey, dye beard. I was like, oh, shit, this is a thing now. This is going to be this is going to be the shit they call me. Dye beard. (laughs) So this is pretty awesome. It's crazy. And again, it's just the idea that people are easy to root for. That's that's kind of the idea. And, you know, it's funny with a show like this, there have been a couple of shows that it was hard to review because all it turns into being is a big gushing session. I don't think those are the best podcasts. What I noticed was um, uh, the boys when we reviewed the boys, like, what am I supposed to say? I know. I love it. Just fucking great. Like, (laughs) that's it. You know, shows that you can break down, like there's going to be issues um there were issues with obi-wan kenobi like that's an easy show to do a podcast about it's not easy to do peacemaker or the boys or um the man in the high castle did you see that no that's on my list though i have it i have it uh marked it's on uh amazon that's uh yeah yeah we and this guy wrote a like a companion book and i had him on you know to talk about the show and all it was was how great was that how great was that how how great was that like (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) <laughs> I try to be more compelling than that, you know, and, and it, it's funny because the performances, like we have a general rule. The, mm-hmm. the rule of the Hall of Justice podcast is uh, Ryan Reynolds was great as Green Lantern. It's not his fault. He fought a cloud like it, it's <laughs> yeah, always so, the story. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the story. And yeah. what that's where Peacemaker stands out is that it's not just a bunch of pratfalls and one liners. There is a story. And if you are yeah. a comic book diehard, this satisfies you. This satiates yeah. you. And if if you're not, and if you're not invested, like people who have asked me, they said, do I have to watch all the DC movies to see Peacemaker? I said, no, you don't even have to know who he is. You don't even have no. to know that he's in D- DC. The only cool thing from a DC standpoint is they reference Batmite, which I thought was great. And Matt Matter Eater Lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then at the end, when uh, when uh, when the Flash tells Aquaman that fucking a fish is a real thing. Yeah, you do fuck fish. That was great. That was the one thing that I that's one of the moments that James was. That was the last episode. We shot the episodes kind of out of order. But but did they they bring those guys to your set or they were off doing something else? Right. They were. We had the Justice League in silhouette. We had their real uniform we had those were their actual costumes so they had to find actors or stand-ins to fit the costumes right 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 and um james knew that peter saffron 
uh, would be working with uh, Jason Momoa on Aquaman because Peter, who's our executive producer, is also executive producer mm -hmm. on Aquaman. And so they had asked Jason if he would do this bit. And James was like, look, there's a whole running bit through our season where we're saying that you fuck fish. <laughs> and James didn't know how he would take it. And he thought he said he he laughed, said it was funny. And he, he totally would do it. And yeah, yeah. so while they were shooting uh, Aquaman, they, you know, they took like 20, 30 minutes and put him in front of a green screen and had him do the exact, you know, they had the exact cam camera mo moments because we shot it with the but Ezra Miller is not with Jason Momoa when they're filming. No, in fact, the second time we're talking about Ezra Miller and we're not talking about what a train wreck he is. No, they shot the um, Ezra's and it was only supposed to be Jason making the cameo. And then James had heard that Ezra was a fan. And so he was like, let's just ask him if he'll. Right. And then you get the stand ins it. for Superman and Wonder Woman. It's so smart. Yeah, we had, we had them all. They were all there like yeah. Cyborg, Batman. They we had all the guys there. So and smart. and um, yeah, but Ezra. The funny thing is, I mean, this is a DC show, but they shot Ezra with a, a on a Marvel production, and I it might have. I'm assuming, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm. It was probably during Guardians Three. Wait, Ezra um, Miller's in Guardians Three. No, but they had him come. Oh, because oh, that's where James was, and he he like went to the set, and so they used a, That's a Marvel crew shooting. That, oh, that's wild. that line of Ezra. That's saying, crossing line. That's crossing streams. That's uh, <laughs> that's traveling between two worlds right there. But to be fair, you know, when <laughs> James still had to audition Chuck Woody Awuji for his role in Guardians 3, James knew he wanted him in this movie really badly, but Marvel needed to see his audition. And so our DC crew shot Chuck's audition. Uh, so it was kind of a give and take, you know, we'll help you with Chuck if you help us with Ezra. Um, so yeah, the they weren't there. fan of my childhood is just like gushing right now. Like, like <laughs> if you think about that, like what? That's, that's impossible. Huh? And, 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 and there was very, uh, when I pitched this podcast, yeah. Somebody said, well, what's it going to be? And I said, well, there's a lot of good storytellers that can tell stories. What it mm -hmm. won't be is who's stronger, Superman or the Hulk? Yeah. Yet it always comes back to who's stronger, Superman or the Hulk, because DC's shooting Marvel, Marvel's shooting DC. You can't escape this stuff. No, it, I, and I've always... I, I was just thinking about it like just a day or two ago. Like, I, I'm... I'm I'm assuming that the the rivalry or, you know, is DC better, is Marvel better? I, I think that's a fan generated, you know, rivalry. I, you know, I, I, I mean, if Marvel's coming out with a movie and there's a DC movie coming out at the same time, of course, Marvel wants to do better. But, you know, that's a financial, uh, you know, that's all financial and not like you know, we're better than you you're better than us you know <laughs> well there's I think, a I think, there was I a, a great episode of the podcast that we did where there was a rumor that um well the here were the facts the facts were dc had laid off or got buyouts from most of their editorial staff 
and the 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 business side of it was well they must be getting ready to sell it Mm -hmm. that that warner brothers is not going to hold on to dc that you know maybe they think the bubble has burst and that Mm -hmm. that's the best time to sell is right now right and one of the suitors in this it was like a cnbc story like it wasn't like a comicbook.com it was like a a business story yeah one of the stories was that uh disney might want to buy dc wow and it was it was real so we did an episode about it and then what if superman's next appearance was in a marvel film i would love they don't have a plan for henry cavill you know what i mean so they don't know where that's going and could that happen and what wound up happening was warner's merged with discovery discovery yeah right and that like but at the time you didn't know that i would love to live in a world where those characters could i mean imagine the the opportunities for movies for movies and the possibilities it'd be amazing there's a comic book from like the the 90s because i got into comics as a in college the what there if was some, there was there were some guys in college. No, it was a it was a DC versus Marvel. Oh, yeah. And they created the amalgam universe. It was the, the two worlds merged and mm-hmm. then they came out with like 12 books. And it was um, like there was Dark Claw, which was a hybrid of Batman and Wolverine and uh, oh, Super yeah, yeah. Soldier, which was Superman and Captain America. And it was just these hybrid characters. And then they split back up. And then it was supposed to who would win DC versus Marvel. And it's a real comic book. It was a it was a it was a real thing. And I always just thought they should do that all the time. Who owns the rights to that? Like, what property is that? I don't that might be in my basement. So what's next? What what can you say that you're you're doing next that we can say that? Oh, we knew that back when, (laughs) when, you know, when we see you on something else, I'll be like, oh, do you remember this episode we had him on? The next thing I have coming out will be, I think, in October, which would make sense, is the uh, the Guillermo del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities uh, horror anthology for Netflix. I shot an episode back in um, October, and I mean, it's an anthology, so you know, each episode is standalone, standalone different yeah, different right. director, different cast. Yep, yep, yep. So I did an episode that was written co-written and it was directed by panos cosmatos who did mandy yep yep and um starring uh peter weller um robocop yep sophia butella um robocop and uh batman in the dark knight returns animated film that's absolutely right and uh charlene yi and eric andre and uh, myself and um it was really fun and um when's that come out i think october they haven't said a date yet but they did just about a week and a half to two weeks ago release a teaser oh nice! and it looks really good so i i have high hopes for that one so that that'll be the next thing i think that i have coming out i did some stuff with justin roiland he's doing another video game um i did some voices for that and a new uh holiday special that he's doing eric so, andre is hysterical the greatest really yeah. funny he's, he's he's really hysterical i went i went down the rabbit hole I'm just like when, oh, you, when, yeah. you, when you said that when you said that um yeah. 
that is fantastic. Uh, we we did do a, a, a decent job of avoiding social media. Um, <laughs> but uh, let me ask, uh, how mm-hmm. how do you find social media? Do you enjoy it? Is it fun? Um, do you turn it off and on? Like, how, how yes. does that work for someone like yourself? Off, it's off and on for me right now. Twitter's basically off. It once all the the war, you know, um, in Ukraine, yeah. and then the, the school shootings, yeah. it it just got really ugly and dark. And it is dark. It's a dark world. There's dark things happening, and it was spiraling me into like kind of a funk and a depression. And so I, I, I don't really check Twitter that often. Um, I'm most active on Instagram and my okay. handles at Steve AG. I can always just go on and post a photo and then run away and, <laughs> and everything's fine. I was just at, uh, one of those conventions up in, um, the Seattle area this weekend. And, uh, oh, nice. I think I, I post post. Yeah. We were be- right between Seattle and Tacoma. Oh, sure. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. I was up there with Sean Gunn and Robert Patrick. And um, nice. Sean Gunn's been on this podcast. That's right. Yeah. So that was fun. And uh, I'll probably be doing some more of those. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah. Very, very awesome. Well, I will say to anybody uh, listening, uh, he is on social media. So if there's anything you heard during the course of this episode that you have an <laughs> issue with, do me a favor, reach out to Steve directly <laughs> and leave me the hell out of it. <laughs> bring it on <laughs> um uh all i can say is this has been an absolute blast um, oh my pleasure i would love to do this again uh whenever yeah, you have something you want to promote or, or even if you don't and you just want to screw around uh you have an open invite to this to this show um cool cool i meant what i said about it. it's easy to root for good people and I, I really do uh, appreciate your time man. oh thanks man i i had a blast this is i, I love talking about this stuff Steve Agee, folks, um, I'm telling you, we have special treats like this all the time here on the podcast. So make sure you, uh, you, you, you get it wherever you listen to your, your podcasts at, at will, uh, Spotify or Amazon or Apple or wherever you do. Um, I usually tweet out Spotify and uh, Apple, and I figure if you know how to find it, you'll find it <laughs> at, that, at that point. There's, there's only so much I can do. I'm dating a virgin. I'm in this contest. Something's got to get <laughs> Uh, That is Steve Agee. We will see you next week. Thanks.